0: Well, let's look at nine things that we looked at so far. We're going to look at the final thing today, and we'll finish by reading the letter. I'm going to put it up on the screen. If you missed it, nine truths. We are one in Jesus. We are gifted differently. We are totally connected at the deepest level because of Jesus. Yet we are different. God has wired you differently for the good of everyone else. We are new. You're not just a better person in Jesus You have a new connection to God. We are forgiven. The old is really gone. Even though you remember it, God does not hold those things against us. We hold it against ourselves. He says, forgiven. We are loved. We are light. We are filled. We're servants. And then last week, we looked at the fact that we are empowered. God's given us the Holy Spirit for a reason. This world is filled with Battles, so we looked at the metaphor, the armor of God, or you could put it simply this way, the power and the presence that Jesus provides through everyday life. The armor of God is the metaphor that there's this helmet and breastplate and our belt is covering us and our our shoes are covering our feet and there's a shield and a sword. All of it's just metaphor to say that in life's real battles, which, by the way, a lot of it is unseen. A lot of the battles you're facing, you don't understand the source of it, and you don't know what's happening, but we feel the effect. Guess what? I don't have to live in fear because I've been empowered by God. Jesus' presence is with me. Isn't that good news? Well, we're going to finish with one more thought. In light of this real battle, what does Paul say next? If we're facing a battle, if God's provided armor, what are we to do? Look at verse 18, and we'll read to the end. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And then these final words of of friendship and relationship. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all of you who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. The letter ends with relationship. We're going to see it in two parts. I'm only going to focus on one. He says after the fact that you're in a battle, what do you do in a battle? You stay connected to God. He says four times in a row, pray, 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 pray. Don't lose touch with God. But the letter actually ends with don't lose touch with us, which I think is so telling. We speak so much about relationship with other Jesus followers and the importance of that. I won't get into it, but the letter ends with, I'm sending Tychicus, or we'll call him Tick. I'm sending Tick to you because he's probably from Ephesus. He's been with him. He's bringing the letter. And there's so much more he wants to say that he doesn't have time to write. But he's like, I want him to encourage you. And I want to be encouraged by hearing from you. How do we stand strong in the Lord? We stay close to one another. We don't give up on one another. The letter ends with peace be with all the brothers and sisters, grace be to you, the love of God be to you. Okay, so, so relationships really matter. But what I want to focus on is this one idea. Write it down. We are invited. Last week we looked at the fact that we're empowered. God has given us the ability to stand strong even through the toughest trial of life. You don't have to fall. You can fall. You actually don't have to. Because God's given, given you the ability to stand strong in the faith, even in life storms. But don't forget the other half of that. We are invited. I just said it a moment ago. Four times in a row, he says, pray, 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 pray. We're invited to stay close to God as he fights our battles for us. Now, I want us to look at this morning three things about prayer. Because the moment I say it, I think many of us just feel deflated. Uh, for most of the Jesus followers that I know, myself included, prayer is not the strongest reality. I hear it. I know it. It's like going to the dentist. You know it's important, but who wants to go, right? I guess maybe you do more than I do. I guess, you know it's, it's it's, you go, it's important, but it's painful. Prayer, I think for many of us, we see it as this thing that I just don't connect with. I want to. I hear that it's, it's vital. People say it's life-giving for me. It's more crickets. So what do I do? Well, it must not be my thing. Well, th- three things I want us to th- see about prayer, and then three things on how we can actually do it and live into it and grow. All right, write them down. The first thing, prayer can seem challenging. Don't forget that. Uh, for some of us, because of our background and wherever we come from, if you're not a churchgoer and people say, great, if you want to follow Jesus, read your Bible, that's hard to do, and pray. Okay, that's where, where I start. And If I saw God, like I see you, it would be easy. But I don't see him. And there are all sorts of reasons why prayer could be frustrating, challenging, and even, let's not lie to each other. Boring. Three minutes, tapped out, I run into things to pray about. But the Bible says pray, 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 pray. What, how do I navigate that? There's some real questions we got to answer, which we can't this morning, but it makes it challenging. Like, does anything really happen when I pray? Like, how do I know God really hears me? Does it change anything? If I pray more, will God do more? If I pray less, will God do less? What do I do when I prayed again and again and again and the opposite thing happened? I was praying for this, I got that. I was praying till I could pray no more, and I saw nothing. All of these are real reasons. Um, Relationships, by the way, all of them are challenging, aren't they? You see someone, you fall in like. I say you fall in like because you don't even know what love is for a while. But you fall in like with someone, and then you sort of fall in love with them, and then you marry them, and you realize, I don't even know them. And then you spend the rest of your life trying to figure out who is this human being and why are they trying to change me? (laughs) That's true. All relationships are challenging. So by the way, prayer can seem challenging because all communication can seem challenging, but that's not a reason to shy away from it. Um, We did a five-week series. I'm not going to get into the principles behind those questions, but we actually answered them in a five-week series called Teach Us to Pray. And it was done five years ago. I know that's a a long time ago. I'm just curious, how many of you were actually at this church five years ago? A few of you, most of you not. So there's five weeks. It was before we did video, so it's on audio. If you get our weekly, there will be links to them. And if you want to dive deeper into this, we've already done five weeks, so I'm not going to repeat it this morning. But basically, many of us stopped praying or... We're hindered from growth because of, I think, two primary ones. One, we don't see results, and the second is we just feel like we're not good at it. it just, it's not natural, so we don't press in. But whatever we come from when it comes to prayer, I just want you to remember this. We are invited. God's inviting you to time with him. Don't feel like this is just for somebody else. This is for you. If you love Jesus, if you want to follow him, you're being invited as well. So what does that look like, though? Let's just look at verse 18 again. Verse 18, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Where does prayer fit with that conversation last week about God's protection, God's armor? Interestingly, Prayer is not a new piece of armor. Last week we looked at there was, a, a, there, was, there was faith that seems like a shield. There was the word of God that seemed like a sword. Prayer isn't a new piece of this protection that God provides. Actually, something deeper is happening. Prayer is how we stand strong. I want us to get this. Prayer can seem challenging. That's the first thing I wanted us to see. The second is this. That prayer is actually the how. So we're, we're supposed to, as a people together, put on the helmet of salvation and this breastplate of righteousness and put on truth and put on the gospel of peace. How do you do it? Like, what does that mean? He answers it. Prayer is the how. How are you going to stand strong in life's battles? Stay connected to God through prayer. Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is listening Speaking, just like you have so many layers of human relationship, here's what I want us to debunk, that there's the relationship that we have with another, communication we have one another, and then we have God vocabulary, where God only understands big words. Similarly, so many we just pr- approach prayer in an over-formal manner. When Jesus said, let me teach you how to pray, Dad in heaven, you're great. Dad. Abba, Father, heaven, your your name is great. I know who you are. And then he gets on with all sorts of practical things. Jesus taught us to pray relationally. We belong to Jesus, so you don't have to impress him with your language. You don't have to sound more knowledgeable. He actually knows our vocab, and he speaks our lingo. He loves to hear his kids talk to him like they actually know him. Now, I know the nuance is real, we don't see them. And that makes prayer weird, right? It makes it hard for us to get sometimes. But I want us to remember that prayer is how we stand strong. The way we know it is if you looked at this carefully, prayer is connected to the command earlier, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. How does one do it? It's by, it's by praying. And so this morning, let's just do a litmus test. Do you feel weak this morning in terms of connecting? connection to God? Do you feel like you're out of touch with Him? Uh, Are you feeling low? Are you feeling like He's far from you? First thing to do, there could be lots of factors. We're in a real battle. There's a real enemy trying to lie to us. But let me just ask you, this week, if you feel depleted, what has your rhythm been? What's your communication been with God throughout the week? Um, have, Have there been times of Here's what I'm going through. Have there been times where, God, I don't know what to do, but I want to stop, and I want to listen. I want to hear what you have to say. Have there been like, God, this book is sometimes confusing, but it's your word. I want to, I want to know, is there anything you have to say to me? And I'll, I'll be honest, some of our weakness and some of our feeling low, just because we've, we've been disconnected with God. God's right there he's right here, he's right now, he is for you, he loves you, he is speaking all the time. The question is, are we listening? So this is not a guilt trip. It's an invitation. You're invited. I'm invited to bring everything at all times to the God who knows and is and can, even when I can't. All right, so prayer can seem frustrating. That's true. But prayer at its essence is how we stand strong. Third thought, and then we're going to talk about how to live this out. Prayer is relational. And so if I begin to see this, this spiritual or Bible word called prayer as conversation with a real person, then it, it could change the way I engage in it. So let's just think about someone that you like, love, someone who's close to you, someone that you know is influential in your world or you really look up to or you're married to, or whatever, someone in your family, how often does that valuable relationship, how often do you stay connected with them? How often is it? I mean, if you're married, do you speak more than once a day? Please don't answer that, because I'm afraid. I'm looking at you right now, I'm very afraid. Now, the fact is, healthy relationships is ongoing communication. Let me ask another clarifying question. How much of your conversation is, wow, wow? like sensational, like deep, like earth-shaking. No, it's like, where's the toothpaste? It's like, what are we having for dinner? It's, did you take out the trash? Will you take out the trash? You know, all those things. We talk about, with the people that we know, love, respect, we talk about real things all the time. What if, and this is a mind shift, what if we saw that is prayer? At any time, all the time, I'm remembering God is with me and I'm inviting him into the very things he wants to be involved in. And I'm opening up myself to his interaction on anything all the time. Most of the time, hear me, prayer will not be wow. We're looking for like, I didn't have this like intense time where I I felt the heat and I got the tingle and and then I wrote down and I couldn't stop writing and this was God speaking to me. That happens occasionally. Most of the time, it is I'm bringing awareness of God's presence to my normal stuff. So, so if you may have a more active prayer life than you think about. You may be defeating yourself by saying, I don't know how to pray, when in, in fact you're actually talking to God all the time. And that's the normal. And when I have the normal ongoing conversation, I'm in a better spot to hear when God wants to speak to me and to know that it's him. So prayer, in essence, is relational. And this is interesting. Let's go to the beginning of the letter. Ephesians 1 um 15, look at how he frames his prayer because Paul prays for all sorts of people all the time. Uh, Ephesians 1, 15, look at what he says right at the outset. He says, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. So Paul is actively thanking God for these people, remembering you in my prayers. Now, what does he pray about? I keep asking that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Underline this if you haven't, so that you may know him better. What's Paul's ongoing prayer for this church? That they know him better. He's praying that they will pray that they will know God better. He is talking to God about these people saying, God, give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What is the spirit of wisdom and revelation? It includes the reality that God is here. God, will you help these people know that you're right there and that they can know you better? Isn't that good? God wants to know you better. He already knows you. He already loves you. That hasn't changed. He wants you. He wants me to know him better. That's the invitation. Prayer is the way. It's the how. It's the how I know I'm saved. It's the how I know I'm right. It's the how I know it's true. It's the how I know the gospel of peace. It's the it's the faith that I could have in a God who could do the impossible in my impossible situation, the shield of faith. And it's a, how I can speak the word of God. It's by knowing him better. He, he says, I, I pray that you, they'll know you better. Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people, and the incomparably great power for us who believe. He's, he just goes on and on. He's, he wants their eyes to be open. He wants them to see you. So Paul doesn't have like one thing to pray over this group of people. He's got all sorts of things, but it, it drills down on one big reality. Prayer is the way that we know him better. Just like ongoing talking with the people that you love is the way that you know them better. And anyone who's, anyone who's a parent uh, knows that you get to know your kids better over the years. They develop and you develop with them. And anyone who's been married for a long time or had a long-term relationship knows it gets richer and richer and richer. There's more of God for you. There's more. You haven't exhausted God yet, neither have I. And the, the how is is Prayer. Now here's the problem. I've been saying prayer, and the default mode for many of us is already defeat. Like I, well, if that's the way we know him better, I'm not good at this. Okay, let's look at what, what prayer can look like. Some of this is going to be so common sense. You're gonna be like Jose, read a book, do something. This is too common sense. But sometimes we fail because of the small things. So let's just look at this. Some common sense, some may be new. Verse 18, I'll put it on the screen. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Let's just look at this really quick. Paul gives us the how and the how-to. In the Spirit, that is, God's gonna drive our desire and the Holy Spirit is not out there. The Holy Spirit is where? Living inside of you. The Holy Spirit's already, the Holy is already trying to move us closer to know God for real in real time. And so the Spirit, so this is not you having to say, okay, Jose said, I got to pray today, God, here's our five minutes. But rather, is, if you will allow the Holy Spirit who's in you to express his desires, your appetite for the presence of God will grow. It's why earlier he said, don't Resist the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Cultivate, if God has come to live with you, God, drive my conversation because I run out of things real fast. All right, on all occasions. So it's good to have times set apart to pray. I'm all for that. It's just not enough. So, what would happen if you said to your wife, if you're married, your husband, hey, babe, I got from 8.15 to about 8.20. This is our time. But then the other time, text me, email me, whatever me, but don't call me because what if we gave our loved one five minutes? Would that make sense? Some of you like, that's a great idea. If there's an entire counseling team for you. <laughs> you're going to need some serious help. No, it makes no sense whatsoever. Prayer's ongoing relationship so... What we want to do is move away from just set times of prayer, but I am for them. If you have nothing, form something. Have a time, have a place. But that's just that's a launching pad to ongoing conversation on all occasions. What would it look like to bring everything up to God? Like everything going throughout your day, rhythmically just saying, I'm not alone in this. God, I'm about to take this exam. Lord, thank you that you're with me. God, I'm about to go to work. You know that person sitting to my left. You know what they do to my blood pressure. God, you're with me. You bump into someone. You hear about something going on in their life. You walk away. Hey, see you tomorrow. God, I want, to, I want you to do what they cannot do. God, will they know who you are? No, it's rhythmically throughout the day recognizing there's not Jesus time. All the time can be Jesus' time. What would that look like? Now that's not how most of us do it. So prayer needs to be more than just a time slot. So how do we how do we jumpstart this on on all occasions? Secondly, all kinds of prayers and requests. So there's not just one way to do this. There's there's Thanksgiving. He thanks God for this church. He prays that they'll have deeper insight into who Jesus is. He prays that their eyes will be open to what God's doing. So there's all sorts of kinds of prayers and the prayers of how I'm feeling. It is okay to spill your guts to God. You say, "Well, He already knows what I'm thinking." Yeah, just say it anyway. Say it. Yes, He knows what you're thinking. He can actually know what you're saying too. Bringing things up to God. Let's let's expand it from just one little time to walking with God throughout the day. Now, how can I be more effective in this? It depends on if you're a visual learner or not. I would suggest, um, because I'm a phone person, I have my apps. So maybe it's starting with the little notes app if you have that on your phone. of Just keeping a running trail of things that come to mind and taking a moment and just opening that app opening that note and, and making a running list. Not to be legalistic, to say, I gotta pray through my list every day. I don't think God's impressed by us finishing anything. I think he just wants to spend time with us. But if an app helps you, if you're a writing person, keep a little journal with you, a little notepad, whatever. If you, how many use a Bible app? How many of you use, use versions Bible app? I, I do. Do you know they just started a prayer button in the app? So you can go in the app while you're reading the Bible, or if you go there often, and you can add prayers right in there. And by the way, you can share those prayers with other people who use the app. The the, the things may help, they may not, but what we want to do is we want to get to expanding our view of prayer as just a moment to every day, all day, all the time opportunities. If I miss some, no big deal. You missed your moment of prayer this morning, no big deal. When you leave here, you have more moments. Keep going. That's why Paul could say pray without ending, pray without ceasing. That sounds tiring, doesn't it? Well, it's not meant to be like I'm in my closet alone. It means wherever I am, I'm saying, God, I know you're here. I'm inviting you to be a part of whatever this is. It's why we shifted our Sunday. We used to start with just music, but we're starting realizing we all come from different places. We're starting with a moment where we're pausing and just say, God, good morning. Good morning. Here we are. Whatever you need to do to shift things, whatever helps, work it. What does this look like? Uh, If you're in one of our community groups, the questions this week are going to drill us to talk honestly about how we can help each other. But notice the end of verse 18. With this in mind, So not only is it all occasions, all kinds of prayers. With this in mind, be alert. Keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So there are prayers of thanksgiving. There are prayers that are given for other people. So at some point, we need to include who are the people that you're praying for. It's not just about things. It's about people. As a matter of fact, you don't need to know what they're going through uh, if you don't know what to put in your prayer notes. Uh, write down the name of everyone you know and just start there. And you don't have to know what they're going through. Pray in the Spirit at all times. You know God puts you in a relationship with them? Just pray for them. And anything that comes to mind, anything that comes to mind is a great place to start. Do I have to pray for all those people every day? Stop being legalistic. Okay, I'm in your head. But some of us are saying like, if I do that, I'm gonna feel guilty. Drop the guilt, walk with God. Just walk with him. All day prayers, everyday prayers. Prayers for all people. My mom has done this. She was a new believer when I was growing up. So I was learning to follow Jesus as she was learning to follow Jesus. And she was 25 years older than me. And she's a visual person, so she's got a map. There's not a moment in my life where my mom has not had a map on the wall. And it's her prayer map. And depending on the season of life, she if she meets someone or she hears about a place, she's visual, so she'll write something or put your photo. You may be on my mom's wall. Creepy, I know. But 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 she just puts them, and when she goes to pray, she goes in that room when she's praying at home, and she prays the map. And they say, that's the weirdest thing ever. Don't do it. Some of you are like, I need to buy a map. You're on Amazon right now ordering your map. If that helps, that's fantastic. If not... No worries, but we want to include other people in our prayers. Look at verse 19. Pray also for me. So Paul's saying, like, I need you that whenever I speak words may be given me that I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it fearlessly as I should. Paul's like in real time. He is a prisoner at the moment, falsely accused, waiting at trial, and in, in Roman custom If he was given some liberty, he was probably in his own rented house, but so he wouldn't go away chained to a Roman guard. An ambassador in chains isn't a metaphor. He's God's ambassador, but every shift he has a new soldier who is coming to watch him. Pray that I will use that time wisely. Pray for me that I will, I won't, this guy is in charge of my life, but I will... I will fearlessly, without any discouragement, tell this person about Jesus. In other words, he's saying, pray for me for what God has called me to do right now. Okay, so what are you doing right now? Start there. What are the people that you love? What are they doing? Pray for them. If you don't know what to pray for today, I'll give you today's daily prayer. Pray for Vietnam. Is that random? No, no. I'm leaving on Wednesday to, I'll be next Sunday, Gary Bashus will be here, I'll be in preaching at two different churches, in a different church on Friday night, but Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, preaching at churches, meeting of pastors in Hanoi, uh, towards a God-sized opportunity. This opportunity came out of left field, well actually it came from Jesus, but it seemed like left field to me, and here we are, and Lord willing, in going there, it's in prep for an outreach, Lord willing, right before Christmas of this year in a place that is not easy to gather together in Jesus' name, we have an open door right now. What's it going to look like? I have no idea. Pray. Are they going to give us the permit? I have no idea. Pray. So if you don't know what to pray for, pray for the people that you know and the things that they're doing. One in doubt. Today, who are you praying for? Jose. What place are you praying for? Vietnam. Okay, now just expand that list to other people. It was that simple. Bring up everything about everyone to God. Now, how do we do this? And this is where it gets super practical. Start where you are. Uh, I'm going to recommend you don't be an overachiever. Don't say, I'm going to pray an hour tomorrow. Say, God, I want to spend 60 seconds with you in the morning. 60 seconds. Now, if that 60 turns out to 90, turns out to 120, fantastic. If it doesn't, just an hour later, Lord, I want to spend 60 seconds with you. At your desk, right before you have lunch or before you have a big meeting, I want to spend a moment with you. What we want to do is start where we're at and not look, some of us know people who know how to pray for hours on end and we get jealous, which is a sin, but hate to throw that out there, it's actually foolish, too, because some people are gifted in prayer. We're not all gifted the same. Some people have this gift of intercession. They have been called by God. My mom and dad are two of them. They literally can pray for hours almost without breathing. And it's, it's like they love it, and they can't wait to spend hours again tomorrow, and not everyone's fit for that. But every one of us can talk to God all the time about all things. And so we want to move from maybe not an hour, but maybe a minute. Maybe a minute every hour. Maybe a minute in the morning and five minutes at night. Start where you are. Practice matters. The more you do it, the more you'll pray. So lectures about prayer and sermons about prayer will not help you to pray. Praying will help you to pray. Pray. Talk to God. Super practical tip because we're going to start where we are. Speak in your language. And be direct and to the point. God does not count your words and say, wow, that was a 35-worder. That was amazing. He's just looking for you. So pray, uh, babble, ramble. You're probably rambling to your friends, right? Look at your text feed with your friends. It makes no sense. Most of it's a waste of time. But it's, it's communication. It's fun, right? Well, then do whatever. My mom has done this. She writes letters to God full-on, dear Jesus. And she pours, she has journals, books. Okay, that's her way of of, of pouring her heart out. If that doesn't work, don't do it. If it works, that could be your creative idea. Start where you are. Um, Pray other people's prayers. You can find good prayer books that could guide you. There's nothing wrong with starting with someone else's prayer and making it a platform now it can become a religious crutch too, right? Where it's like you're afraid to talk to God in your terms so you have to repeat someone else's. But if it, if it helps, use a liturgy, use a guide. Start where you are. Do it at the beginning of the day. Do it at the end of the day. Do it at the middle of the day. Just talk to Jesus. Now I know that's kind of lame and simple. Some of us are just, we're not even there yet. All right, another one. Use tools to help build habits tools are amazing. So a journal is a tool. A pen and paper is a tool. A note on your phone is a tool. I'm an app person. There's actually There are actually prayer apps. Um, I use the one called Echo. It sounds cheesy, but it totally works. It's streamlined. It's simple. No ads. It's free. And it does one thing. Tracks things you want to pray about. You go in there. You put the prayer in once. You go into notifications, and here's what I do. Because I don't remember to go to the Echo app. I have it on my notifications, and randomly, about every hour, something will pop up on my phone and, or on my watch, and it will be one of those prayer requests, and it does it at random. So all throughout the day, I don't even have to go to the app. The app comes to me. Come on, people. And it's simple. If I'm with you, and it pops, I try not to look at things when I'm with someone But, oh, okay, and I will just utter a really short prayer for that person, that thing, and so I'm praying throughout the day, and I keep feeding it new requests. And if you're a person that has to complete a task, it even has prayer answered. If you're that person that has to click and say, I achieved something, like my prayer got like an 80% ratio, (laughs) do it, fine. But the the apps are there to build habits. I'll give you an example. I'm using an app right now called Carb Manager because I wanted to cut down sugar. I don't know how much sugar are in the things that I eat. So I got Carb Manager and so I put in what I eat and it immediately tells me how many carbohydrates, sugars, and it does the breakdown of everything, but it's been super helpful. I've used it since January 1 and it's been really, really helpful. But here's where the app can help you build habits. Here we are in March. I'm almost not tracking anything in a day because I, I know what I'm eating now and I know how much sugar is in it and it's helping to say I should have half of one of those or I can have 35 of those. I can, I can eat more pork rinds than anybody. Not that you should, but there's no sugar in it. <laughs> it's a little fat, but it's nothing starting for another day. The, the app can help you with a habit. And what's important is finding a tool to help good habits. By the way, if you're using a reading plan, um, try this one time. Don't look at your reading plan and see if you consistently read the Bible. It probably won't happen. So if the tool is helpful, use the tool. The moment the tool isn't necessary, drop the tool. Start where you are, right? Use tools to help you build good habits. And then here's one last one. Let's just do this together. I'm hoping this will work for eight days, but it could work for 80 years. I have no idea. Let's just try this. Pray at 26. Our church is 26 West Church. Why? Because that's the highway. But there's also 26 of every hour. Let's just try this together. We could have a prayer meeting every hour. There could be someone from our church praying every hour at the 26 mark. So I'm inviting you to just tools to help build habits. Pray at something 26. So if you get up, most of you are up by 426, pray at 426. (laughs) Don't. Uh, Pray at 26 during your lunch hour. Uh, Do it, you could do it once a day, pick an hour, Put put it on your calendar as a daily reminder and put the word Pray. Uh, Do it for six hours of the day. Do it for one. Do it for three. I don't care. But it'll be just cool to know there's someone else from the church most every hour at 26 after the hour talking to God. What do I pray for? I actually don't care. Anything. Whatever you're doing. Whatever you're doing. Whoever you're with. Whatever's going on. Whatever comes to mind. How long does it have to be? Five seconds? Ten? A minute? It doesn't... It doesn't have to be long, but we want to build the rhythms. And the way to start building rhythms is to start somewhere. And if you don't already have a rhythm, pray at 26. I think the fun part, will be just be doing this together. And who knows? Who knows what God will do? What, what inspired that? Well, this week I was at one of our communities and it, uh, someone shared what was going on in their world and everyone said, could we just stop? It was really beautiful. Could we pray for you right now? and everyone, uh, this was, uh, maybe 20 or so people, everyone got around where she was seated, and I wanna paint this picture of what was happening. Five ladies, there were more than that there, but I wanna mention five ladies, because it really struck me. One of the ladies to my right, your left over here, uh, she had just shared that she was struggling. She's got two little ones, toddlers, and it's really, really hard uh, she's sick. Like they're just not getting along at all. Pray, I need peace, I need patience, this is hard. Okay, we'll pray for you. So she was on her knees and she's praying for this other lady. So a mom who's struggling with kids is praying. Right next to her is a lady who shared uh, that they cannot get pregnant. So you get a mother of two saying, I need grace. You have a lady saying, I want to be a mom, but it's not happening. And so she's praying for the lady next to her. The lady everyone's praying for is, I think, about 20 or so weeks pregnant. And the doctors have said it probably will not come to term. So she's in a series where she needs prayer. So she's invited. So so a mom who's struggling is praying. And a lady who wants to be a mom is praying for a lady who is pregnant and may not have this baby come to full term. Okay, right next to her is another lady praying who's got two kids and she's just gone back to work and the kids are not doing well now that mom's gone back to work. So mom, stay-at-home mom needs grace, lady who wants to be a mom needs grace, woman who's pregnant needs grace, Mom's going back to work needs grace and right next to her is the fifth lady who is about to give birth any day. And it made me realize the power. Now I didn't even mention the guys in the room but I just saw in a picture Everyone together praying. Everyone needy. That's the funny thing. Everyone there is needy. But everyone focused on someone else in prayer. What would it look like if we remembered we're invited? You're invited. That was a graphic picture in one setting, in one home. But what would happen if we prayed together all the time? I think God would show up in ways that we have yet to see. And we're invited to start now.